And as I call in the east, I walk into the stream. And as I call in the south, I bring water to my mouth. And as I call in the west, the creek swallows my chest. And as I call in the north, I am swallowed by her sword. This episode is part two of a two-part conversation. So if you haven't already, we highly recommend being sure to listen to part one, where we introduce our guest's background. This episode starts midway through a conversation about a profound near-death experience that initiated Jaguar into her current healing gifts. I lived at the at Ananda Ashram and then, you know, different like teachers come through and then you kind of roll with them. And that was kind of a year after the car, maybe two years or a year and a half, like after the car accident. So I was already walking, but I was walking with a cane and then was still really in this liminal like magical state that when I look back I'm like that was amazing but it's like enlightenment without self-awareness is like painful it's so it's not like necessarily just the pure like ah that we're looking for we need to have that balance of like feet on the earth so I was like ah with no feet on the earth and so it was like a bit terrified but I have like this photograph of me where like after I came out of the hospital the farm where I lived, they would t- give me little duties to do. And um, they're like my second family, this Italian organic farm, the Parisis. And actually, when I woke up from the coma, I was saying this phone number, that is their phone number, no. that my nomadic bouncy family, their farm and family have been like a rounding in my life, even from childhood. And I was saying a number and one of the nurses was like, it's a phone number. And then they like dialed it. And then it was Terry. And then when I woke up, it was all the Parisis around me. Like Terry, Teresa, Ronaldo, Elena, Saba, Savarino, and Franco. Wow. <laughs> and I was in love with Franco too. But we were also like family. So um so that's how you got connected with that farm. You woke up from the you came back from a near-death experience. No, they know me from when I was little. And so the phone number oh, was okay. in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. The phone number is in my mind. <laughs> no, that's way it's that's still magical, but I was like, wait, what? <laughs> no, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to change the story to go like that. <laughs> well, in the fictitious version, the fictitious the fic- educational art project. Yeah, when they, in the, um, the Hallmark, the Lifetime movie. <laughs> Don't yeah. make it be like that. <laughs> but yeah, but it, it feels just as deep as that because I, I love them so much. And, um, and then that's where I went home to. They're the ones who contacted my parents. So they might pass later. So but they would give me little things to do. So they have a picture where I'm painting like these white chairs, like these wooden, and they would be like, just splash the paint like this. So I was painting the chairs and then birds came and they were just landing on me. Oh I was like, so there was no, no cheapy vipi, nothing going on up there. <laughs> Isn't that what we want? Uh, enlightenment. But it's like, I was not, you know, I was just like, uh. so there's a little bit of that in me still. That's why. Yeah. Well, I think something that you're articulating, like something that's subtle and hard to articulate that's coming through for me anyway, in a lot of your responses is this idea of like, okay, there's this place beyond the duality, but then there is the duality and things that are opposites are in some sort of confrontational arrangement with each other, but they're actually the same. But then 
they're they're similar on one level and then on another level they're the same and just this relationship between like the absolute and relative so being like yeah you're you're not attached to being like i'm a powerful medicine woman not a someone who belongs in a mental institution you're like exactly yeah, you know these two one things that you imagine maybe are it's like creates a lot of fear in people when they start yeah. to have magical experiences they're like oh no i don't want to lose my mind or i don't want other people to think i'm losing my mind and to just be like, you know, you know, we don't need to resist this idea of the opposite. Like, no, no, I'm powerful. I'm not crazy. This is like, yeah, you might be a little both, and that could be okay. You know, okay. in an ideal this world. Is like, yeah, you just hit the core of me. You just like hit the core. You, you like went straight there. It's just like straight into the womb of it. It's like because I know the medicine I carry is real. I really want everyone to know I lost my mind. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Me. And it's like, that's why I keep saying the story. I have like a million other stories I can tell. It's like, it's important. It's like important. And it's like to, to like really hold, hold that. Cause that's like, you know, see the both sides at the same time. And it's like, the reason why I'm not like trigger warning also, like the reason why after coming back into the body, I had a strong desire to get back out of the body. So that's how I ended up in ward 63 suicide watch Shepherd Pratt transferred from Johns Hopkins psych ward. Like that's how I ended up there. Involuntary commit. So that means somebody else decides when you get out. And all I was saying at the time was, listen, I went to this death experience. I'm the Jaguar woman. I have to complete the work. I can't hand whatever. I like went through the rainbow bridge and then the lady told me in the cauldron to put the whatever. And it's just like I'm saying the same thing now. Saying yeah. the same thing now. Yeah. <laughs> so the story has not changed. Yeah. And then that's the madness and the magic of it, you know? And so it is about holding all the way up and then though coming down in embodiment. I did this session with, I want to remember his name. He's Hawaiian and he works with fern medicine. Very beautiful man. Kalani. Kalani. It's like, he has botanicals. Anyways, he works with the ferns and it's like his bloodline, his lineage for all the way back to like the Mu and Lemuria. Like he really, so we did, it wasn't really such as like this exchange conversation. And he was like, well, you know, in my lineage, my Hawaiian understanding, the mystic isn't the one who's like up there and like, so in these like mystical thoughts that they can't translate and like, uh, like far away from the people. The true like mystic is the one carrying that energy down and speaking it in a way that is understood like here, down here, mm -hmm. you know, that's what that gift is for. And that really stuck me in like, really like, like, you know, trembled my heart because it's what we're saying. It's being able to be connected up there and then articulating in a way that people can understand and like feel it, you know? Mm -hmm. So you kind of, a few different questions that I had into yeah. to one zone, one arena that I'd like to explore. So and just think about how to hmm, how to get in there. So there's like a theme that we're working on for this season of the podcast that um, so far we've mostly interviewed women who are doing healing work as a primary face that they present to the world, but who also 
are artists and have other creative practices that maybe they're known equally well for, but not by the same people, or maybe they're not as well known for. And so there seems to be in the world just a, or I guess I should say like here in North America where I dwell and observe, uh, like a need for things to be like real tidy, you know? Oh, that's, this is my friend. She's an amazing artist. This is my friend. She's an amazing healer. And like, I think that hurts people because it, it just fractures like our wholeness. And it's, it's very hard to feel that you're being accepted as your whole self, who's both a healing artist and <laughs> a visual artist or literary artist or whatever. And, but it's like, to me, like, I'm like, what, why is this so hard for us to, to <laughs> comprehend? Like, of course they go together within the same archetype. Uh, like it's very, um, self-evident to me yeah. and some kind of startled over and over and over again by like people's need to be like, you can be one or the other. So I've been talking to a lot of people who have an art practice and a healing arts practice and just about the relationship between our creativity and arts practice and uh, resilience and, and being able to bounce back or remember ourselves and our wholeness after trauma. Because I do think like, it's not like there's people with trauma and people without trauma, like trauma is part of life. So this question, you know, I think we've been through the most collective trauma that we've maybe ever been through with, you know, facing a, the, the mystery of a global pandemic together as the oh, one earth. And that I want to, I don't know, I guess like point to what, the, like the only medicine that's ever worked for me for the deepest kind of traumas, it's it's all in the like, when you just can get back to like making. And it's like, it doesn't have to be good or beautiful what you make like at first, but you know, as a process, but just like to actually be creative as a, as a verb. So I'm just wanting to hear from you um, how you experience like practical ways that you experience your writing and your poetry relating to or informing your healing arts everything i love that question i love everything you just said i love you so much and it's like that's the exact dance and i feel it's even from the story i was like oh i feel that the brain injury journey quote unquote i wrote myself into my master's thesis that i was trying to birth at the moment that it happened so it went whoop super meta the movie went super meta <laughs> and as a poet you know with a little bit of like touched by god in the head it's intriguing the sensation you know that you, i would have as i was writing when i would be writing poems it's how it feels when the recipe comes down and that's why i call them my plant medicine potion poems for the new moon womb scene you know i make like the poem and i sit and i really like feel feel them and like let it come down and it comes, it'll be like a rhythm too that I feel. Um, it's like, you know, it'll be like, it's like mugwort, motherboard, yarrow, raspberry, you know, <laughs> lavender, rosemary, sage, you know, it, it ha mm. it ha it'll come down like in a rhythm and it has like a feeling and it births a joy and it's healing. It's like a little disperses through me and it's beautiful. And there's like the feeling too when you're in session. And I also really am very sensitive about the word healer or, or feeling that I 
associating anything about like a healing that is me giving to you or you know that kind of energy so i really like to have the language of like i teach you the womb scene practice you know which mm -hmm. like in a cyclical rhythm like done in your own intuitive way can create changes and growth like in your body mind and spirit and that kind of thing like you take the practice even to come away from this idea that it's like you do one session with jaguar that it like exploded in my vagina then i was forever changed it's like no just i just <laughs> even the mentality yeah yeah, yeah. the mentality that you know it's like you can share like these eight these old 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 practices that just the amazing art within them and just the beauty that they even still exist and that we can know about it now and then do it with our bodies and then the womb steam um and if you've seen you know when i'm making the bowls it's definitely a very artistically fulfilling moment you know because each of the each of those layers of the potion poem are like the layer in the bowl and I'll see kind of the bowl like really clearly. Each one will look different. So it'll be like, you know, the mugwort, the motherwort, the yarrow, calendula around, and the roses, little piece of hibiscus in the middle, and like four, you know, pieces of cinnamon bark coming through, and then a sprinkle of calendula on top, you know, and then like a little bit of like butterfly and a little bit of violet flower on the side, and and it just really awakens. And I really love this idea too in art and creation and in our own like healing journeys of going so deep into the beauty and then just letting it wash away, you know, like letting it happen. Or when you make your bath and you just take a long time to do it and it's so beautiful. And then you just go in there, it's, it's gone, you know, unless you take a bunch of pictures of it and put it on Instagram. It's like the moment was just, <laughs> <laughs> the moment was just, which is totally found too, but like the moment was just for you, you know, like making that beauty, that art, just to feed and nurture your soul, like in a giving back to the mother. So the magic and the medicine and the expression, it does all feel connected. And we've been talking a lot about shifts since the Coco experience of me really feeling the message of like, pull your energy into like healing you, like come back into the body. Um, one of them, one of the things, the changes in my daily rhythm has been like my poetry. It's like, she's back. So mm -hmm. I've been doing like, I like a, a really beautiful rhythm has arisen of like writing. And I am in this journey because I feel this book, you know, that has just like in my belly and I have to like get it out of me a bit, trying to soften to that also too. But I do feel like a book inside me right now. Mm -hmm. um, and that Exciting. I can write that and then maybe talk about other things besides womb steaming. It's like the womb steaming is so mm -hmm. like, boom, boom, boom. I can like birth it out and then be like, yes, take, learn. I want to release the information. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel that in my body is something that would be a really wonderful contribution to the, the greater, the Akashic records, the greater library of earth magic. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it is for the good of all and according to the free will of all and pleasing to goddess then may it be so some of the best things that i've ever written like 
I didn't labor over it at all. They're like that fourth baby that just shoots out in 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's like, you know, songs that I've been working on for seven years. Like, I don't know what that is, but you know, may it be uh, whatever kind of process would be most wonderful. And yeah, for you. I always feel like the final state of the final stage of the writing is when the pen hits the page, you know, Mm. like, all that other that that was the writing too so do you make a distinction between writing and channeling because like i feel like i do very little of my own writing but there's a feeling with that that's very personal it's not quite like sex level of intimacy but like very like like a making out level of like personal feeling in my body but but a little like weird like I'm just like making out with myself and my feelings here and then there's like when I like a lot of the things that I actually put out there are channeled where I I just I feel that my consciousness I have sensation like to the I don't know what like northwest of my body like I, I feel it's almost like my eyes are looking there and, and I, my ears are over there and I hear the exact words. And sometimes I get the word wrong and I hear like, correct, like my body freezes up and it's like, no, go back Uh and write the word that we told you to write. Uh And mine is also over there. Yeah. So I'm just curious, like, do do you feel like there's a writing practice that's kind of like, you know, always been there and then there's like a a channeling or has it kind of fused into one or do you have something else entirely going on? Yeah, I think LaVon was LaVon like pre-brain. She was definitely in like a purgative state. I mean, like her book was called The Black Pussy Revolution. Like she was just like, (laughs) and it's intriguing how I've just like always been like in the vagina. And then I, now I'm like, woo, Stevie. And then, but there was like a, like a, she, me, was a very powerful like poet performance artist there was definitely like a fire like an anger fire like burning mm-hmm. like a uh-huh which is um which is something beautiful to behold like <laughs> a black woman like oh the black woman like that's like that's glory so and i love that and people who experience her i think miss her when they <laughs> meet jaguar but um <laughs> it's been transmuted a bit and it's more like a i feel like a light coming through I feel like when I can, when you describe it, I feel that other energy being like so rooted and like in the womb and in the roots and like in this density and like really showing up. And then like the way that I know you, because I didn't know you then (laughs) it's like, it feels more like a rolling energy. That's like clouds underwater or something like it's wet and it's rolling. And I love it. (laughs) I wish, I'm sure I would have, I would have loved Levon too. Uh, but just, you know, to reflect what yeah. I feel as like, you know, just different aspects of your spectrum, you know, and where you're like describing the problem, having your assemblage point moved. So your identity is just now more like anchored in a different, a different point on your own spectrum of what right. you, know, you might get from right. you based on what, how, how I show up, what, what side of you I might get. <laughs> and I do be like, okay, Levon's got to handle this. Like as I'm going through my day, sometimes I'm like, kind of like wake up, like let's get Levon going. Cause like we need her to talk to this like person behind this desk right now or whatever. Cause she has her little, <laughs> the feistiness. It's good. But with the poetry or the channeling, yes, 100. 
I love that you said kind of over here because it's a similar, yeah. It's like, ah, and then, you know, you feel it. Like I feel, you know, my head starts happening, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then that's one thing. And definitely when I'm teaching, that's why I can't, I mean, I can't even be like, I, I haven't gone to, I haven't done herbalist training. I, I haven't, I don't, it's just like something definitely coming through. So that is what it is. And I really carry it very delicately, like in my hands, it's a very magical bird that maybe I also swallowed and that was inside me. But there's a little a relationship with it that's very respectful and with the medicine, you know, it's just like, and I want to do right, you know, I want to care for it correctly and um there's that you know does the bird have a name <laughs> maybe secretly <laughs> yeah you don't oh, have to you tell me, me but you i want to know yeah no the bird definitely has a name the bird has a name it's like you know yeah it's like well i aspire to be the kind of person that would inspire your bird to tell them their secret name someday <laughs> in all in perfect divine timing i love you so much <laughs> it's so good um, it's funny with names. I've had so many names. When I was in the Ananda Ashram, they called me Smriti. The same Yogacharya named me Smriti Surya. Like um, the memory, the memory of your enlightened state. Smriti. Hmm. Also, the, the sacred scriptures. Smriti. And then they would call me Smriti. There's a chunk of people that know me as Smriti. Um, it seems fitting based on how yeah. you describe, like, the memory that doesn't fade that yeah. you hold when in your body and like yeah. um, intend to like have conscious um, awareness of an intention to yeah. um, embody that yeah. in, in this form. Beautiful. So on the one hand, a part of me is like, Oh, don't put her on the spot. But on the <laughs> other hand, I feel like what is what, that? Isn't that what we're doing here? <laughs> That's what we're doing. We got to go hard. Uh, so I was wondering, would you be interested, open to reading a poem of yours or someone else's on the air today? I mentioned that was like a possibility. But, I love you know, this. I'm doing it. Yeah. Wait. We would love to receive one. that um, aspect of you. I just thought about this Sandra Cisneros poem. But um, I have this, I'd have to get up and find where it was. That was one of my favorite writers before the Carson. But the but I was thinking about it and I was, okay. So it's like, you know how I, I flew from Madison to LA to get this award mm -hmm. and then I flew back and the car hit me. Mm -hmm. So it seems magical to read that poem. Oh, I got yes. the check for. Yes. And then I was thinking to give you like a taste of Levon's vibe. Um, <laughs> I'll read, they're both short, you know, I'll read this one, which is from the time writing at Cal State LA and at Naropa University. So I was doing the Jack Kerouac School of Disembodied Poetics. It's interesting because like Levon also was very magical. I know that Levon is mean, I'm not like totally, but also not at all. So like, you know, <laughs> but she had her, and as I was telling you a story, I, I was remembering, yeah, I was working at that, like, 
little funky kind of Shakti bookstore magical spot on stage. They had like crystals and books and like little magical things. And I was dreaming this peacock. So it is like a, um, I think I really resonate with alchemy because it does feel like a sameness that is not, nothing has been thrown away. I really resonate with what you were talking about, um, you know, working with the cauldron and just adding to the pot, not the non-purgative sense in the, in the sense of like that you don't kind of pull anything out like it's wrong and has to go because whatever. You just kind of like shift the alchemy of the situation to create the homeostasis that's needed for the ecosystem to thrive. Like mm. that's like what mama does. And I love that. Um, mm-hmm. I like the way you articulated it earlier. And, and I feel that with my names and with the Levon and the death of the Jaguar, it wasn't, I think I went through a time when I thought Levon is dead, mm-hmm. but I see it now as a non-purgative sort of healing where it was like, no, a transmutation has happened and the Levon and the Jaguar and the me and whatever future names, you know, are one. And it's like phases on the journey. Okay. My dad's from Guyana. He was born in a river. The midwives, they say, let the baby drop. If the baby doesn't like swim up, it's like the soul wasn't ready to come in. Who knows if these things are really true, but it's my great, great, great auntie who's delivered all the babies in Barakara. My dad's father was a missionary. I referenced it a bit in this poem. My dad's father was a missionary to a tribe in the hinterland which is an area where Guyana, like a specific area where the specific indigenous people where Guyana meets Brazil and the top there. He was born there in the Amazon basin. And there's an area like a tribe. My last name is Caesar, but they changed their name. They were so proselytized by my black grandfather bringing Jesus to the indigenous people. They changed their name to Caesar. It's interesting. So many layers. The missionary position. Poem for Guyana by Lavana Tasha Caesar. Dean Prize, California State University. <laughs> my grandfather murdered snakes left-handed with his machete and beat my father senseless till he was scarred sexless, scared sacred, and became a minister. But all that is secondary. This story is about slaughtered genius, gutted dreams and burned poetry, stamped letters slashed across the wet skin of your back, foreign warning symbols for aliens, alien warning symbols for foreigners, or the smell of your dreams stuck to your hands when you bleed, or giving birth below zero in a hand-me-down church basement. That's how I was born in Canada. My parents had fled Guyana gone real communist and people were disappearing my mom was an english professor she was like teachers wouldn't be there and my brother was like sick they couldn't get the right food you have to stand in line with the ticket to get food and people would be like stealing food tickets coming to america is like circling an infinite revolving door that gets stuck on its blood dry hinges to trap you heaving at your back the uncoiled masses pounding chant work 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 And before you pinstriped behind the glass ceiling, the long white men, their pointy fingers pointing, pointing. Still, 
If you've never paddled up the Barakara River at dusk in a canoe, then you couldn't know there's a communist colony, 300 of my barbarian brown relatives, intermarried, half-naked, cook-fishing, breathing, the piston, drinking fountain, bathwater river, sun-licked savagery, barefoot urchin fornication happy. My grandfather traveled 52 miles on foot to take Jesus to the people. And the people, they strung him up, Bible between the teeth and burned his bones. Brujeria, brujeria, brujeria. <laughs> Levon. Mm, thank you, Levon. <laughs> Your wisdom and medicine is needed. Okay, so this is the poem that I went, got the check for, read it to some people, then died. On the persistence of memory. Remember when you slit your wrist, crouched small in the back seat of your car, blood spilling over your notebooks piled against your legs, your garbage bag of clothes? Do you remember when your husband touched you, hands moving over your two blackened eyes, tongue whispering jihad in your ear? This is the last time, I promise. Do you remember when they took your womb, cold, sterile, white, the thin slap of latex on wrists, and let us begin. Do you remember the black holy Bible, fist, scripture, spit, bludgeon your temple again, again, until your body saps? Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. The words can see. You've lost your will to live. Get up. Get up. Get up. Do you remember her face? winter, the tendons of her body unraveling petals in the ruptured snow. The words can see, you've lost your will to live. Get up, get up, get up. Mm, thank you. How long ago were those words written? Since 2010. Mm. May 26, 2010. And then literally that next so it's just like the next day is the car accident mm. wow i got up i did get up interestingly i'm just thinking about how you're noting like Levon was a really magical person too it's just not the same kind of magic yeah. that I'm embodying now and I just I think that's important to hear and you know like to make meaning of your experience but just wonder if there's something of like you know, you're a poet, you're an actor, you're an artist and a, a performer and you work in a cool place and you have a spiritual name and yeah. all these things that it's like, it can be easy to be like, all right, this is doing it. I'm like on planet Earth, like living my best life, like growing, embodying something I'm happy to be embodying, feels like me. And when it's just like, it's just not like, it's not the, like there's more and, there's but we can, we just can't conceive of what more there could be. And maybe it is just a half step 
a little to the left or just a little to the yeah. left of center. And, but it, you know, sometimes needs something big to nudge our assemblage point, just like one octave um, <laughs> beyond into the beyond. Yeah. 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 Slide to the side. Always I'm like, slide to the side. Mm. Like, it's like a little bit of, I feel like it's more like, yeah, these very close, it's, it's all so close together, like little parallel realities. Mm. You kind of like slide to the side as opposed to feeling that we're making these leaps into something so, so different than the core mm. of who we are. Yeah, or that it's like always a forward movement, like that when you someone, if someone's like, step up, Right. Like it just feels like, oh, it's gonna be this huge <laughs> effort to like get up there and you know slide to the side or drop in <laughs> or really nice like other coordinates for like other coordinates to, <laughs> to shift the energies. Oh. So, thank you. Yeah. So uh, we have to start wrapping up. So oh. I'd love to hear in this moment what kind of projects that you might be involved in in the coming year or that you're continuing that you're excited about and where folks can connect with you to learn more about your offerings womb nation <laughs> oh it's funny it's such a catchy name i'm like i'm gonna change it but womb nation <laughs> it's too good i only like do it's something like <laughs> I'm usually more confusing. It's very clear. But I'm really excited about the new Moon Wombs theme. So it's really a collaboration with Oshala Farm, and which is a reflection, and my work, and just my love of Elise, who like is the mama at Oshala Farm, and the love and care and deliberation and consciousness for the cycles of the earth that go into how she's growing those herbs specifically, and like the conversations that we have between us that create like the recipes that are happening every month have been benefiting my life so much. And at first I was just doing it for me. And then I was like, I'll open it and kind of share it with others. So the magic is you subscribe, you get your herbs in the mail, and then you get your Zoom link. And then we steam together on the new moon on the call. And you can even just put your video off because I know everybody who's in the group, you know? And then you just like drop in and I've been feeling it every month and it's like growing something really special. It's like, it's something really special is forming. Like as we come together and we steam together, so we have like mm -hmm. our same recipe you have your bowl and you like drop in and then we steam, you know, and I do have my little rhythms of how I like the steam to go and like your salt and you squeeze it with your hands and you put the boiling water at the peak and all that. But yeah, I feel really, a sense of wanting to sh continue to share the womb steam medicine in this way, in this rhythm, where you can like kind of just get into also the like circumference of the work I'm carrying. So I do like, I look at the names, I do my little, I have my little sense of like who is in the group, who is getting the herbs, you know, and it feels really nice. And mm -hmm. it, it really comes from that place, the reflective journey after the cocoa of feeling like I want to continue to share my work but in a way that I'm not depleting and burning out then like sharing to then I deplete again, then burn out then restore, yeah. like rewiring that pattern. So it feels good. So we have a little check-in on the full moon. So I come on, you can ask a question. I've also been thinking a lot about how to really value my work, but not have like a private session that costs a million dollars. Um, nothing wrong with a million dollars, you know, that's fine. But it's like how to really, um, 
authentically be able to communicate and like check in with people and have them feel like safe and comfortable to expand in this journey with the new thing. So the womb steam rhythm does it. It's like we steam and then you check in. If you have a little question on the full moon, I'm like, yeah, no, like take out the basil. You need just like a little pinch of this because you had your yeast infection or whatever it is, you know, and it's nice. So I like that rhythm. And then I'm writing this book. So mm-hmm. if someone wants to give me a book deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, think, hey. I think there's absolutely someone out there that wants to do that. Uh, so uh, maybe this podcast can't just find, find somebody who's just trying to help spread the message that you have to share. <laughs> it can be like that sometimes. Wonderful. It can. You're right. Who knows why it came out of my mouth. So in closing, are there any last channeled or your own or someone else's words of wisdom that you feel called to share as guidance for our listeners now and in the future? Yeah, I was thinking about it because those Levant poems were so heavy. I was even thinking in terms of like, if you have a personal mantra or like irreverent mantra, like something you say to yourself, like regularly as you're moving through life that helps you in some way. Oh yeah. I got a lot of those. I do love a witty line. (laughs) (laughs) So what I've been saying a lot is the words don't teach. So like the words don't teach, the words Mm. don't teach. It's like, Jana, get that body knowledge, like go through it, like on your own like take it in your body, have the experiment, like feel it, and then feel the knowledge rising from within. I feel that womb steaming brings this body knowledge. I can talk about it, but the words don't teach. But you can put the yarrow in the bowl with the salt, then you can like open your body and you can squat down and then you're going to feel something. And then you're going to feel like, yay, nay, whatever, you're going to feel it, you know? Yeah, the words don't teach. I do love that. I've been saying that a lot. I also say a lot, when in doubt, zoom out. (laughs) If things feel cloudy, it's because you're just like looking at the problem, like so focused in. And like the more you zoom out is the more hilarious actually that it seems, you know. So I do think that motto is very essential to my way of navigating reality. Like zoom out. Even with the cocoa, it's like I was talking to a woman who is a midwife and She's like 90, you know, <laughs> she was kind of like, and you know, when you talk to a woman over a certain age, they're like, it's <laughs> cool. <laughs> they're always like, <laughs> chuckle. Yeah, you know, so I chuckle from that same place. She was like, yeah, you know, like they always think, you know, world's going to end now. Always like, yeah, now it's the, oh, it's the, this, it's the war. It's this war. It's fine. It's like these things happen. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Because I was like, oh, then whatever. And then I was like, then whatever. And then they're watching us and they're listening and they're, they're putting the whatever, the 5G. And then and she was like, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, Ida, that's fine. Oh, thank you, Ida, for yeah. that good crone wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, chuckle, chuckle. Good. Mm. Yeah. On that note. Formal thank you to you, Jaguar, and all the benevolent beings and all the realms who have gathered here today to inspire and direct the flow of this ritualized communication. We dedicate any merits accumulated through this work to the benefit of all sentient beings. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be well. May all beings know joy and do not suffer. Jaima, namaste, amen, blessed be, aho, go to Maya, aho, merry meet. 
and Mary part and Mary meet again. If this episode has left you feeling exhilarated or intrigued and you'd like to experience Jaguar's healing gifts firsthand, you can head over to our library of earth magic on Patreon where you'll find instructions for receiving a special discount for her tea sessions that she has generously offered to our listeners. Tea sessions, that's T-E-A, stands for Total Energy Alignment. It's a very intimate and special healing experience that draws on Jaguar's ability to access and channel plant spirit medicine and healing vibrations. Again, you can visit our Patreon through the link in the show notes to learn more. Jaguar is also a member of our Medicine Mandala facilitation team and offers her Oshun womb steam ritual to participants in preparation for their initiation as a Green Witch Servant of Gaia. To learn more about Green Witch Initiation, please visit www.riocosmico.org. As always, thank you for listening. It's a pleasure getting well with you.
Oh, oh, oh. 